Welcome back, everyone. It's Wednesday, and it's that time again. True Crime on Easy Street. My name's Kelly Turner, and I'm not a doctor. Scott Wright, mediocre journalist. Katie Givens, not a lawyer. We're your local team of experts here, and we've got a story for you today. This is an interesting story, and it's an interesting way that, that we decided to do this. We don't know that yet. We do. Okay. Okay, well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Katie is, Katie's in the big chair today. and We I, don't know if this is interesting or not. I have yeah. no doubt that Katie's going to make this very interesting for us today. But the reason we decided to do this, if you will remember last week when we were discussing what year Alabama got rid of the electric chair. That's right. Do you, a trivia question, what's, what was the name of Alabama's electric chair? Um, Yellow Mama. Big, Big yellow, yellow mama. mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we Googled who was the last person to be, what do you call it? Electrocuted. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say executed but in the electric interchangeable, chair. Interchangeable, I think. Yeah. Well, I think so. There. Because fun fact about electrocuted, you know, everyone's always like, oh, I got electrocuted, but you did not because you you're don't get electrocuted. Alive. Yeah. If you're still alive. That is interesting. We've got all kind of trivia questions here today. Yeah, you got shocked. Yeah. Yeah. But we figured out that the last individual to perish in the Big Yellow Mama. That's another way to say it. Yes. Was a female. Mm -hmm. And that sort of made us start going, hmm. Hmm. We don't have anything to talk about next week. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) We actually have a huge long list. Yeah, we do. And we decided to bump this one to the top because we mentioned it last week. So that's what Katie's doing. But before we do that, you know, I always make people think that we're about to get started and then I slap them in the face and say, no, we're not going to. I read the reviews. I'm aware of that. (laughs) I do have a shout out that I would like to. um, I could not find that shout out that you referenced in the text message between the three of us earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And I looked everywhere. It, it seems like Spotify makes it very hard to get to the place where you can leave a review. So we did have two that joined our conversation, and I will look those up. But but the one I wanted to say first is thank you, Karen Blair, for the email yes. with the case okay. suggestion. We will put that on our list and look into that. So thank you for that. Karen is the one who gave us the boys on the tracks idea. Oh, that was that, that was a good that, one. That's a very it's been one of our more popular ones. It has. Um and then I told you guys when I was randomly texting you. I am the chief of random texting yes. in this trio. Oh, okay. Shout out to Whitley and Monica for your nice words. On Spotify for podcasters. That's Thank what I you. couldn't find. Yeah, it's on Spotify for podcasters, not just Spotify. Maybe I looked in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep and looking. then you have to have access to our podcast, like as a creator. Oh, then maybe you guys those. shut me out on that, so I don't know. Why. We may have. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but you would have had to log in and put in the password and do all that. No, to I didn't be do able any of that. One. No, you did not. Okay. And but what I did was I made those comments viewable. So you should, if you go into Spotify for podcasters and look at our podcast, mm-hmm. you should be able to see them. Okay. I'll try it again when I get in front of yeah. a computer. So yeah. thank you all for those lovely words and the case suggestion. And I was also um, messaging back and forth, of course, with the, the show's longtime friend, Connie Geimer, and she's given us some more suggestions. So thank you, Connie, for those. Really appreciate that. She and I could talk true crime podcasts for 
an hour solid. You and probably not, do. Not even look up and look at the time. I mean, we just, we. She is it. a wealth of knowledge. She really is. Yes. So. Well, let's get her on the show. I know we should. Connie, let me know if you want to be on one day. You can pick a. Pick a case, and yeah. we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. She so. commented a picture of the old Cedar Bluff school. Did uh, you see after that? we mentioned mm-hmm. that, yeah, and the Lizzie Borden. She's been to yeah, the Lizzie Borden been house. To the Lizzie Borden house. Mm-hmm. I think she might be our number one fan. I love it. She's definitely in the top five. Connie, Travis is up there somewhere. Yeah, I know. And, and you know what? We're number one fans of our number one fans. That yeah, is true. Well, it works that way. Is that how that works? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Without further ado. Uh-huh. I know I didn't come with 15 minutes of chatter like Scott does. I'm sorry about I'm that. I'm ill prepared. I'm trying to drag the hey, show out into an hour every time. You know what? That's okay because I have a ton of that today. So that's <laughs> Keep going. It's all good. Um, so Katie, as I said, you're in the big chair. Let's hear about this. Well, today we're we're not that far from home. We're just going to go a little south to Florida. Well, well, where we will start out is in Florida okay. and we'll make our way to Alabama. I was going to say, we've got to end up in Alabama somehow. Right. We end up in yeah. Alabama. Okay. So, we're going to talk about a woman by the name of Linda Cheryl Lyon. Linda was born February 8th, 1948 in Orlando, Florida to Francis Stephen Lyon and Berlin Elizabeth Owen. The Lyon family was well off. Linda's grandparents owned the popular Howard Johnson restaurant. They had lots of property around the county and Actually, probably around the country, they had property everywhere. She and her father had a very close relationship. They liked to go fishing a lot. They went fishing off the coast of Florida, so they must have access to a, a boat of some sort that went out in the ocean. They'd go fishing together. However, all of that would change on November 28th, 1958, when her father, Francis, he died of heart failure. He had a weak heart from having rheumatic fever oh, as a child. No which would plague him most of his life, and then he just up and dies of heart failure. The death of, his, of her father really affected her mother, and her mother then became verbally, physically, and mentally abusive to both of her daughters. Linda was the oldest, and her sister Denise, she was about 10 years, or eight years younger than Linda, so Linda got the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. As a result, Linda never formed a close relationship with her mother. She actually preferred to spend her time with animals. She kept pets such as kittens, dogs, birds, hamsters, snakes, and even a tarantula once. She can find all of that. I'm out on that. Yeah, I would rather have a tarantula than a snake, though. That's a close one. Yeah, that's a close one for me, too. I do not like snakes. And I'm not having a rat any time. No. No. Okay. Yuck. You don't have to. (laughs) So uh, I'd be out on the hamster, too. (laughs) But despite her home life, uh, Linda was very smart. In the sixth grade, she transferred to a school program for exceptional students and at 13 she found a love of poetry and she began writing novels her mother did not share her love of literature she called it useless it's probably motivated most people said by her jealousy of her daughter's talent so she periodically would ransack linda's room and destroy all of her writings toss a room rip up anything she could find just to be an ass Mm -hmm. that's heartbreaking before you know computers so it wasn't digitized clearly found herself a positive outlet. Mm-hmm. Man. But Linda was persistent, and she had an aspiration to become a journalist. So in 1966, she graduated fourth in her high school class. She attended Orlando Junior College. Uh, she, left af- she left after becoming upset that the curriculum didn't really fit her interests. I mean, it's junior college, so it's probably just basic, basic. general yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So 
For the next several years, she alternated jobs. She got married, moved around a little bit. Uh, at even one, at one point, she even sold all of her possessions and she lived on a boat, like a, a sea yacht, is what I saw the internet call it. I don't know how. Okay. I don't know how yacht like it was. Probably but. more Spartan than it sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, at one point, she found herself living in Key West. Oh, beautiful okay. sunsets. Yeah. She served there as secretary of the Humane Society. She was also an animal abuse investigator. Oh, my God. Katie, you're breaking my heart. Heavy on chickens and cats in the Key West area at the mm-hmm. local Humane Society, yes. I'm guessing. I mm-hmm. would guess Six so. fingered, six toed cats and yeah. chickens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what are those called? The Hemingway the cats? The Hemingway cats. Like, we have one of those at home. That's right. You do. He's, did you steal him from Key West? Uh, no. <laughs> Somebody he, did. I was about to say, yeah, he's from... Some random person on Facebook. <laughs> he is, uh, he's well-traveled then, yeah. your cat. Oh, Most definitely. And the a chickens, evil. the chickens and the, and the roosters <laughs> and the things that, that they have um, a right to be there, to be everywhere. Yeah, they're just, they, they're wild. Yes. They live there just like the people. So it's not like you can go to Key West and say, can you do something about these? N- no. No, they're Go not somewhere going, else. Yeah. yeah. That's like, what you can do. They about have them. more rights than you do. You can go vacation in some other part of our state. <laughs> exactly. The one bar with the one-legged chicken they call Peggy. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> we take care of Peggy here. Peggy. That's I, their whole job. She may be, she may not be still alive, but she was there like three times in a row that I went. So. Well, it wouldn't be too hard to recreate Peggy. That's, Peggy <clears> lived her <throat> best life. To. Yeah. I mean, Peggy Jr. Oh, one no, of these days. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. All right, so she's in Key West, and she's the secretary of the Humane Society. Yes, an animal abuse investigator. Uh, She was also active in other civic works. She served as president of the Friends of the Library in Key West and as the publicity director for um, some mayoral candidates. I am just baffled as to how she is going to make her way to the chair. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a fairly normal uh, bohemian lifestyle so far. In the 80s, she met and married a man named Carl Block. And now, I couldn't find anything to substantiate this, but I read one report that he was a lot older than her. Like, a, as someone who's married to someone older than that, like, a, he was a lot older than her. Like, maybe almost in his 80s. Oh. Now, I couldn't find anything else that said that. Nothing else mentioned this. So. Are you implying some Anna Nicole Smith style? Uh, Intentions long-term to... Well, Carl had some money. Okay. They settled in a secluded lakefront house in Orlando, Florida, and they had a son named Gordon. Um, Wow. Yeah. So... 80-year-old. That's why I'm like, I don't know exactly how old he was, because they did have a son. This would have been pre-Viagra. Yeah. Hey, good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Linda and Carl's relationship was rocky, and they ended up separating in 1991. After she separated from Carl, she became interested in politics, and she began attending meetings of the Libertarian Party, where she met a man named George Sibley. George Everett Sibley Jr. had led a very different life from Linda. He was uneducated, racist, fundamentalist Christian, and he was from rural Indiana. He sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, our kind of guy. Yeah. I bet she didn't meet him in Key West. <laughs> no, no, no. Doesn't no, sound like the kind of guy who no, vacations no, no, there. No. no, he made his way to Orlando. So okay. you know, Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> he worked as a mechanic and a drag racer. 
and a he drag had, racer. That took me by surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had this uh, festering hatred of the government. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah. He soon became involved right. in an in anti-government organizations and began subscribing uh, to that right-wing anti-government ideology called the Sovereign Citizen Movement. I'm sure we've all heard of now. It was I have a, now. A lot less common to hear of, I think, back in the early 90s. But mm-hmm. after becoming involved with the Sovereign Citizen Movement, himself, he ended up getting Linda involved in this movement as well. And Linda began publishing an anti-government magazine called Liberatus. Remember, she likes to write. Yes, she She always wanted to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. George uh, spent over $20,000 of his inheritance into publishing this magazine, which preached anti-government conspiracy theories, railed against the liberal establishment, and gave tips on how to avoid taxes. Yikes. So then Linda also decided to try out some of these sovereign tactics against her estranged husband because her and Carl are not actually divorced. They are still just separated. Okay. Even though Carl and Linda had originally separated on decent terms, Linda still maintained custody of Gordon, their son. She still had ownership of Carl's home. She was living in, in that secluded lake house we talked about. And uh, their, even though their divorce hadn't been settled in court, he'd given her all these things. It was a different time, so you really didn't split custody like you do now of mm-hmm. children, and you know, he didn't kick he didn't kick his wife out of the house. So, in the summer of 1992, Carl is uh, living in an apartment after, you know, giving the house to Linda or losing the house to Linda. It's not really decided yet. He petitioned a judge to give him his estate back. He's like, I'm tired of living in this apartment. I'd like my house back, but the court hadn't settled the matters yet. Linda's furious at this so her and george decide to pay carl a visit one night in august of 1992 linda and george show up at carl's apartment they get him down they tie him to a chair they duct tape his mouth this is escalating sounds like a bad movie so far yes uh linda orders carl to drop the pending legal action against her he refuses. She pulls out a knife and she said, I mean business. And then she stabs him in the chest. Let's, wow. You can't sign paperwork now. Well, she I mean, if he's, let, come on, Linda. If he is 80, he's older than 80 mm-hmm. by this time. Yeah, Listen, Linda. How much time, Linda, <laughs> come on. How much time does he really have? Yes. Just wait him out. Stick it out. Do we have to stab him? Well, then she duct tapes his wound shut. Oh. And Linda and George flee the house. Carl is later found by his neighbors and they call the police. He's not dead. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, duct tape does work on an open wound. I've done that before. Uh, Carl is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Or she didn't stab him in a good place. Or maybe she just stabbed him a little bit. Maybe. You know, I don't just know. a little poke. Hey, there's more of this coming Gosh. if you don't sign the paperwork. That's just a lot. Because Linda and George are arrested and they're charged with aggravated battery and assault. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Sounds but right. like not attempted murder. So maybe she didn't stab him that bad. Just, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I've seen this in cartoons. She just stabbed him a little bit. Well, I would still call that attempted murder. Okay. And Well, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. 
Carl didn't want to drag out the divorce any longer. So no, he, he did not. <laughs> not at this point. I'm going to say, <laughs> I understand, he Carl. <laughs> so he wanted to drop these charges against Wait, them. He did. Wow. Yeah, he just wants it to go away. He's like, y'all go away, divorce time, sign the papers, let's be done. But the, the state attorney's like, no, we're, we're pressing this. Because in a criminal matter, the person who's the victim is not the person prosecuting the case. You know, it's, exactly. it's, it's the state now. It's the, the state. state's so they're like, no, we're not, we're not dropping these charges. Like this woman has stabbed you. That's they, the they, right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. They duct taped you to a chairman, Carl. They, they, they bound you and tortured you and left you for dead. Yeah. So we're not, we're not going to just let right? them off. That's right. That's yeah. essentially what happened. Right. Left you for wounded at least. So yeah. that they could keep your house. Like that's what this was and all then over. Threatened you while you were bound with a knife. Yeah. And then when you didn't agree with them, they stabbed you, or she did. Well, she think, stabbed you. I think we're making the case how badly it was Carl Block, right? Mr. Mm-hmm. Block. Carl how Block. bad Carl wanted Linda out of his life. That's yes. bad. Yeah. To, to not even want yeah. I don't even want to prosecute her. I just want her to go away. Yeah. Press this bandage against my wound. I will sign it. Just put it in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, give me my house back. I'm going to change all the locks. Yeah, you need to cut ties with that house, Carl. You need to go somewhere else. I'm going to get a dog the size of Cujo okay. for protection. I don't know. Seems logical. I mean, what year are we in? 1992. Okay, so there's no... there. They would be. You could get security cameras, but there's no ring doorbell. There's no mm. none of this fancy stuff now. You there's, know. No, there's no... Widespread internet coverage. No. The internet's barely a thing in 92. Your uh, your cameras would be very grainy and on VHS mm-hmm. that you'd have to record over. Yeah, we're talking about the days of uh, the AOL uh, CD in the mail. What? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I remember that. I'll have to explain that to Katie later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> See, you used to get your internet e- uh, in mailed mail. to you in the snail mail. Yeah. And it was on a disc. Yeah. You stuck your... You stuck your CD into the computer and it connected you to the only place just about to access the internet at the time, which was AOL.com. Mm-hmm. This is blowing my mind. Yeah. And then you, there's chat rooms everywhere. Anything mm-hmm. that you want I mean, to I've talk heard about of movies or sex or sports yeah. or it was all there. It was. And that's how you, that was your portal to the internet. Was mm-hmm. a CD on your computer. They sent it, it to work? you. It was a CD. Yeah. And it connected you. It had the software. It, it installed the software onto your Computer. Computer, and then you... There was, like, no Ethernet cable as, or anything. It came as well, you software. Had to have, you had to have a... You had uh, to have all the cords, You had yeah. to have the, the phone connection. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That, okay. Mm-hmm. That's but what it, I was missing. I was like, up, huh? Yeah, but when you dialed you up that, yeah. that that old sound that, you know... Well, they, I remember they dialing. <laughs> yeah, that. When you, after yeah. you heard that, uh, this software popped up, and it was AOL, and it took you into their portal, which is, would be similar to... to uh, uh, Microsoft Explorer or uh, or mm-hmm. Google's uh, okay. This makes kind sense. of that was your portal to get in, and then of course you had an email account and the famous little ding. You've got mail. Oh yeah, every mm-hmm. time you yeah. That's where that all came from. Anyway, we're off track. Yeah, Sorry. we are. But well, today learn something new every day. Old people stuff brought to you by Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is why I'm here. <laughs> In July of 1993, after the prosecution agreed to put the couple on probation, Linda and George uh, pleaded no contest to the charges, and they were scheduled to be sentenced by 
the judge on September 7th, 1993. So they're out on probation. They're going to have to come back to a sentencing hearing on September 7th, 1993. This is when Linda and George began trying out their sovereign citizen tactics against the judge who was to sentence them. They filed documents in court claiming uh, that the judge was an illegal alien Mm -hmm. and that they were not subject to his authority. This is always a good idea to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Challenge the judge. Sorry. that Yeah, that's that's, the judge still, I don't know for how much longer in this country the judge is still in charge of everything, but uh, back then and certainly still today, you you start defying the judge and uh, the judicial system comes down on you pretty hard, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Well, when the date of their sentencing arrived, George and Linda did not show up in court. They Another sent, good idea. <laughs> they sent faxes to the judge. To facts. Ca- a fax. A fax. See, that's what we're dealing with. They were, somebody <laughs> explain. Kenny knows what a fax machine is. She does yes, know what that is. <laughs> Except ours is just attached to our copier and it's yeah. all digital, but yeah. Yes. They sent faxes to the judge declaring that they had barricaded themselves to await an inevitable confrontation with police. They proclaimed that they would never live as slaves, but would rather die as free Americans. Mm. All right. Sounds a little Patrick Henry, but okay. Yep. So the police arrive at their house, or Linda's house, to arrest them for contempt of court, and they expect an armed confrontation, uh, but there was none. The house was deserted. So George and Linda are... On the run. So, on top of everything else, they're liars. They're just making uh, one good decision after the other. It's. I guess it was a diversion tactic. I don't know. And you're also just adding charges. Yes. I want those notes when we're finished with this. It sounds to me like there's a good, silly movie here, like something kind of like a Raising Arizona thing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so far, defying the judge and running out and hiding and yes, acting like fools. Stabbing people, but just a little. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a Coen Brothers movie. (laughs) Unfortunately, police also soon discover that the couple had taken Linda's nine-year-old at this time, Gordon, with them. See? Raising Arizona. Kidnapping. And so this is September 7th. Is it kidnapping if it's your own child? No. She didn't kidnap Gordon. She just took Gordon with her. Yeah. But she's really spiraling, so this is not a safe environment Yeah, no. Yeah, we're, we're worried for Gordon. Yeah. We're about a month into the future at this point. We're at October 4th, 1993. This is 10 days before I was born. Oh, hey, early happy birthday. Yes, yeah. Thank y'all. <laughs> at around 2 p.m., Linda and George and Gordon had made their way to Opelika, Alabama. Oh, I, I know that place well. Know where that is? George and Gordon were waiting in the car that was parked in a parking lot of the Walmart in Opelika. A passerby found a nearby Opelika police sergeant. Uh, his name was Roger Motley. And she told him that uh, they were concerned for this boy that they saw in a car. They said that the boy looked like he wanted help and it looked like the family may be living out of the car. Oh. So she's like, can you go, you know, check yeah. this out? Yeah. Roger Motley. Which is, but let me yeah. say this, which is not unlike what Linda might have done in her previous life for an animal or yes. a stray or a... Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. God, very, this is so sad. It, it, was say, it, it was said that she had a, a very charitable heart back in the day. She was I know. What very, happened? 
Hey. I'm going to say, what's this guy's name? George. 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 Mm-hmm. Everybody spit when you say his name. George. So, Police Sergeant Roger Motley went and found the parked car. He parked his police car behind it and walks up to this driver's side door and he asks for George's license. George goes into his spiel to Motley that he is not required to have a driver's license pursuant to his belief in the Uh, sovereign citizen movement. Oh, Lord. According to George, uh, he then observed Motley placing his hand on his gun. Yes, because Motley is saying, oh, we've got a... I got a crazy got a, person yeah, here. We got, yep, we got a live one here. Yeah. Yep. George then draws his gun uh, and begins shooting at Motley, who returned fire and wounded George. Motley then backs up from the car and takes cover behind his patrol car. Mm-hmm. And this is 2 p.m. in a Walmart parking lot. There are... With a nine-year-old somewhere. Yes, in the car. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of witnesses around. This is broad daylight. People are all around. And this has got to be a different type of... I don't know. I'd just be interested to know this tactic because for Motley to shoot back, Mm -hmm. knowing there's a nine-year-old in the car. Well, I think it was a a Mustang. The vehicle is a Mustang. So he can clearly see the kid. Yeah? But he has been he's been shot at. Yeah, so I guess you it's defend just yourself. yeah. I, no, he de- definitely does. Mm-hmm. I'm I just yeah. wondering but I don't what think- that protocol is now mm-hmm. in 2023 yeah. versus 93. When I- you have a child in the car, that's got to be such a hard situation, right? Yeah, it does. But I would think it's probably just instincts, like oh, I've been. Well, shot. I mean, yeah, I've been shot at. Well, I gotta I've got to put this threat down. Yeah, because what happens next? Does he shoot? I mean, you know, he can is turn he and shoot, shoot the, the kid. kid? Yeah. yeah, true. God, what a what a difficult job. Because witness testimony states that George fired the first shot because yeah. there's going to be some back and forth on who fired first, but there's plenty of witnesses to what's yes, going down Yes, 2 p.m. at the Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Linda was at a nearby payphone during all this when she heard the gunfire. Which was a thing. Yeah. Yes, and that is why they had stopped here is so that Linda could use the payphone. Who was Linda calling? I'm not sure who Linda was calling. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know who she. She had some friends. I was gonna say maybe an old friend in the area. Yeah, she had some friends. Um, you still, which is relevant you, later, but you still knew people's phone numbers. Well, and possibly if they're living out of their car, maybe they're trying to find somebody to to stay with. For maybe a bit. she might have been calling a hotel. She might have been calling the bank. Could have been something. Yeah. So what happens next is told a little different by Linda and by witness testimony. I'm going to go with witness testimony, but I'll tell you what they both said. Okay. Witness just, witnesses stated that she's in a crouched position when she hears, like, she hears the guns go off. She kind of comes forward. She crouches down, and she fires her gun. And she claims that she fired, uh, she's, like, running towards Motley and then fires her gun. That he sees her coming before she fires. But. She's kind of behind him because, like I said, he's taking cover behind his police car because he's not thinking he's got to be looking out for a second shooter. Yeah, there's right. one gun's enough. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't know of Linda's, you know, because the passerby who was worried about the kid in the car just sees a man and a boy in a car, not yeah, three and people. reports that. Doesn't yes. say anything about a woman. Right. So, yeah. So, he's crouched behind the car. Linda crouches down, shoots at him. He turns to face her. And she fires again. This time, she hits him in the chest. Oh. Which would not have been that big of a deal. But not long before this, Motley had given his bulletproof vest to another officer 
Mm. Who oh. needed it more? Oh no! So this shot was fatal. <gasps> I was wondering why you said wouldn't have been a big deal, but you were talking about the bulletproof vest. So yeah, because oh. shot him in the chest. So, you know, shot him in the head or something would have been a bit. Yeah, yeah that's <clears> hit him <throat> in the chest because you got the you got. They the... usually would have, but he usually would have had a bulletproof vest on. Oh man! Mm. And why didn't they have enough for everybody? Why did he have to give his up? It's nineteen ninety three. Yeah, Opelika Police Department in nineteen ninety three. Underfunded like the, everything else. One of the folks who well, invented, he may not have been wearing it all the. They may not have been a, a thing to wear it all the time. Well, one of the folks who invented, I don't know exactly what it is, but it has something to do with the bulletproof vest, or it might have been even the bulletproof vest was from Auburn, which is right down the road. Yeah, you would think right there that would be important. To them. I, I see what you're saying, but I guess budget. Yeah, you know, yeah. can't can't overcome the lack mm-hmm. of budget. Mm-hmm. So, well, Roger Lamar Motley had served with the department for 18 years. <sighs> he was in the Walmart parking lot that day because he had just come to collect a few items for the police department. So he was like actually Literally just, doing some just shopping. shopping for. Uh, his coworkers mentioned uh, how he would always travel the extra mile for anyone who needed help and assistance, which goes to show because he had literally given the vest off his back. Oh, my gosh. And he had a wife and four children. Oh, this just keeps getting sadder. And he was shot in broad daylight in front of numerous witnesses who were able to provide officers with several leads to follow. Eyewitnesses told authorities that the, what, just exactly what the perpetrators looked like so they sent out word to all local police departments asking everyone to keep an eye out for George yeah. and Linda. And I guess what we don't know and what's what I'm perplexed about right now, obviously they got away from the parking lot, mm-hmm. but but you mentioned that the officer pulled his car in behind theirs. Yeah. So somehow they had to possibly move the police car. Maybe the car parked in front of them had moved and they Maybe. could just pull straight through. But there still had to be some maneuver. some sort of a tussle, yeah, maneuver there in that parking lot to get away. Yeah. In all of that confusion. They make their way um, to Wire Road mm-hmm. in Alabama. I know it well. Oh, and yeah. It's in Auburn. Okay. Yeah. And uh, officers, this is where they're found. And officers who approach the vehicle notice that although they're, they're still this child in the back seat, so they, they are worried about that at this point. Yes. Uh, the couple was heavily armed, mm. so they can see into this vehicle. And they don't want this situation to get out of control, so they're they're taking this showdown slow. They don't mm-hmm. come in guns blazing. Mm-hmm. The standoff between them stretched on for hours, but ultimately, Linda and George are apprehended without incident. There's no more shots fired. So once in custody, they're identified as uh, Linda Line Block. She still has Carl's last name and George Sibley. They find out that they're from Orlando, Florida, and they find out that they are on the run. Because they have warrants out for their arrest um, for the attack on Carl. Today's episode is brought to you in part by A&W Outdoor Services. You know, they're located right here in Cherokee County. And I called Alan myself just a few weeks ago. And he and his crew came out to my house, pressure washed the whole thing. It looks brand new. Well, as brand new as my house can possibly look after 25 years. But all I did was call Alan at 256-706-7964. He and the guys showed up and cleaned up everything. It looked fantastic. The pollen has fallen a little bit since then. So if you haven't done this already, now's the perfect time to call Alan and A&W Outdoor Services at 256-706-7964 and let them do for you what they've already done for me. 
It's time to plan your best vacation ever right here in Cherokee County, Alabama. Many outdoor adventures await. Wet a hook in beautiful Weiss Lake. Swing away at Cherokee Pines Golf Club. Climb to the best view around at Cherokee Rock Village. Hike the Little River Canyon National Preserve. Take a days-long splash at Pirates Bay Water Park. And much, much more. The Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism has a full list of recommended lodging facilities, RV sites, and campgrounds. And they're all set up to suit your vacation needs, whatever they may be. So come see us from wherever you are. And if you already live right here in lovely Cherokee County, plan your summer 2023 staycation with the Chamber by visiting Cherokee-Chamber.org. Are you in the market for a full-time Weiss Lake home or recreational lot? Let Trini Davis and Elizabeth Powell put their all-star property group at Keller Williams Realty to work for you. Trini and Elizabeth are locals themselves, so they know the Weiss Lake area, and with over 40 years of experience, they're professional listing and buying agents, talented home stagers and photographers, and specialized marketing team will work to make your lakefront dreams come true. Check out the Keller Williams team on Facebook at All-Star Property Rome, you can also visit at All Star Property Rome to browse their images on Instagram or give them a call at 706-844-7493. That's the All Star Property Group with Keller Williams Realty at 706-844-7493. You can hit pause, call them now, and make your Weiss Lake dreams a reality. And they're both charged with the murder of... Police Sergeant Roger Motley. My gosh, I forgot about Carl getting into this shootout. I just completely forgot about Carl. So they're both charged with murder at this point because it's undetermined who shot was the fatal shot. They don't know at the time. And they never actually fully determined who shot But you have the the eyewitness testimony seems to point Mm -hmm. to Linda. It does. Pulling the trigger. But they charge them both the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, they, how, both, they both shot at him. If you're, if you're involved in a crime where somebody, we talked about this last week, if you're involved in the commission of a felony and somebody gets murdered during that, then you're as guilty of the murder mm-hmm. as the person who actually pulled the trigger. Well, and they both pulled triggers, so. Yeah. They both right. shot They both the shot officer. him. Yes. And he died, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yep. From a gunshot wound, mm-hmm. so. Yes. Yeah. Plus, I mean, yeah, he didn't, they had, t- they got him to a hospital very quickly, <laughs> but there was nothing they could do at that point. So as part of this anti-government movement, the sovereign citizen movement, they had renounced their citizenship, destroyed their birth certificates, driver's licenses, social security cards. They refused to cooperate with their court-appointed attorneys. They maintained that they had acted in self-defense to this officer of the law who had no business dealing with them. Like anybody who doesn't believe in legal authority to begin mm-hmm. with would argue. Anybody who's in my way or trying to keep me from going about my business, I'm I can do whatever I want. That's their yeah. mentality. Right, right. They also maintained that Alabama did not have the authority to try them, and as it was not properly uh, readmitted into the Union after the American Civil War. Hmm. So they're like, y'all aren't even part of this country. First time I've heard that. That, that yeah. one stopped me in my tracks a little bit. I was I like, mean, if you're going to be crazy, wait. you may as well go all the way. Go all in with yeah. both feet, yeah. I mean, yeah, Alabama was not properly readmitted into the union. That's, yeah, I don't. Did they say why or how it was not? Properly I would, I guess, I would guess that they would say any of the states that 
that succeeded, uh, succeeded, succeeded, succeeded. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always say succeeded when I mean succeeded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hard word. They succeeded in not very much at all. Is what they succeeded in. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So, like I said, it's never determined who fired the fatal shot. So they're both convicted of capital murder, and they are both sentenced to death. Alabama's like, we'll just two we'll show death you, sentences for one murder. We will show you that's how how much authority we have. Yeah. So do I don't want to jump ahead in the no, story. Go ahead, please. Do we know his fate? Yes. Okay. okay, let's get to it. Two. Yeah, and you're right. Two death two sentences. death sentences for one murder. Mm-hmm. Both okay. capital murder. Yeah. Well. All right. I think they pissed everyone off. You know, like it's just like mm-hmm. you're not cooperating. Mm-hmm. You're not sorry. You've killed this loved, be- beloved police officer. Yeah, with four children. With four children and a wife who are now, you know, doing this life without him. You're like running it. around shooting at people with a child in your car. Yes. You're saying no one has authority over you. You sound very dangerous and you're armed. Mm-hmm. I we probably should get you off the street and make sure you don't get back on the street. I didn't look up Gordon because I wanted to respect his whatever privacy he yeah. has. I hope he made his way back to Florida with family. and But he was good. okay from all this. Yes. He, did, he was not well, injured. Physically, yes. I'm sure mentally oh, yeah. that this oh, yeah. is, you oh, know, gosh. Yeah. I, I hope he... Maybe he and Carl reunited and everything was, was good. Yeah, because George would be, what, nine years older than me, so he'd be 38 now. So, so hope- hopefully he's doing well, living his best life. Linda enters death row on on December 21st, 1994. While on death row, she's held at Julia Tutwiler Prison for Women. Oh, yeah. Here we go again. Say hi to Judith Judith Ann for us. Mm -hmm. She never used her appeals options. Mm -hmm. She said she would rather endure electrocution Mm. uh, than compromise her anti-government principles, which would involve... Using her appeals options, you got that it. is a, that is a bold statement, Linda. Well, and they accommodated her. They said okay. And then I ran across a statement she's she made about her upcoming electrocution, which was it kind of goes into the details on on what electrocution in, entails. Mm-hmm. So let's but, hear it. She says electrocution by electric chair. No, I'm sorry, okay. execution by electric chair. Okay, is gruesome. They shave your head so they can attach the electrodes to bare skin. Yes. They shove up cotton in your rectum and put an adult diaper on you because the charge of electricity through your body causes your bladder and intestines to evacuate. They don't want to have to clean that up. Yes. They put a hood over your face because the jolt of 2,000 volts causes your face to contort and your eyeballs to explode. So she just like goes through and tells and like wants it on record, I guess, what's going to happen to her. But she does come in, like when they march her to the chair, she's in a white prison outfit Mm -hmm. and she's got something over her head. Mm -hmm. So you don't see her bald head at the time. Mm -hmm. She like kind of like a bail situation. Mm -hmm. And then they do put something over her face. Uh, Before the execution, three friends visited her. So she did have friends. They visited for several hours. She also saw a spiritual advisor. It doesn't say a priest, but a spiritual advisor. Mm-hmm. And two days before her execution, she launched a religious fast and refused a last meal. She only had milk and water for the past, last two days of her life. Wow. 
I don't under I don't know where her where that came and, from. And how old is Linda at this time? Linda at this she was time born in 48 and we're in 94. So uh 44. When was she executed? Two th- no. 2002, right? Isn't that what we said last week? Yes. Mm-hmm. 2002. 2002. Okay. So 48 to 2002. However old that makes you because uh, I'm not a math person. 54. Yeah. yeah. So not old. No. And she also did not make a final statement when asked if she had any final words. She said, no. One last chance to say up yours government and she didn't take it? Nope. Well, and I'm Said very nothing. concerned no. because when this crime was committed, when she started changing, mm-hmm. how old was she? 10 years earlier, so she would have been 44. Yeah, about 10 years older, uh, earlier, yeah. 44. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, what happened? Did we um, chemically... Menopause? Is it too soon for that? I don't know. Not, no, not, no. I don't know. Um, Would that even be that effect? I should just shut you up. Can I don't go, know what I'm talking you can about. start going through menopause in your 30s. Okay. Lord, don't tell so, me this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, self, mm-hmm. self-disclosure. Uh, I was 35, so mm-hmm. there you go. Um, but... Gosh, it just almost seems like something manifested because we had just such a such a change yeah. in personality. In what was it? The guy she met was it something belief? about her? Did internal, he have that much uh, of a sway over her? Because it wasn't it was right just, after she had her son. No, because you sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes a have, divorce. Maybe the divorce was the separation. Maybe, but it seemed like that was okay at the time. So just enter this. Guy, yes, George, and she took on all his ideologies for some reason, yeah, because she was, you know, for all accounts, well, she's certainly not normal the person, first woman to fall for a no, a man who turned out to be a bad seed, but no, if that's the case, but right. she was both feet in, let's go. I mean, to the to to her last days, yeah, exactly. She, went, she wasn't fighting this this punishment because. She thought it was against her beliefs. If you're that ready to go to the chair, that it yeah. just makes me think there's something. Was she evaluated psychologically? I, I've seen. Nothing I mean, impossibly, she might have refused. She I don't might. Know. I bet she did because she. I mean, when you get a death sentence, you get automatic appeals. She waived everything. Yeah, even though, I was thinking that even though she said no, the state's going to go through the process anyway because but if you, you get sent to death row. There's yeah, going to be an automatic, it's automatic appeal. appeal. That was part of the way they had to rewrite the death penalty laws in the early 70s after the Supreme Court outlawed the yeah, death in penalty. Yeah, 76, yeah. Every state, before they could reinstitute the death penalty, reinstate the death penalty, had to do something along the lines of an automatic appeal an so appeal that the Supreme process. Court would, would allow it. But you still obviously have the right to waive it once the state goes through that because I know. Yeah, she was like. Mm-hmm. So it just seems to me that I'm wanting to get this. This, I want justice for this police officer and for Carl. I'm not, and the police, what was the police officer's first name? Roger. Roger. And his family, I'm not trying to say Roger or Carl didn't deserve justice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be construed that way. It just, mm-hmm. how did we make such a, such a 90 degree turn? Mm-hmm. We just went. And it was very quick because in 91, 
she starts going to these meetings, these um, libertarian meetings, and she meets George. And in 93, she murders someone. Yeah. I mean, guys, think about it. I mean, we've talked about, you know, Bonnie Parker was a, she ran a cash register right up until the day Clyde Barrow walked in. And then she followed him to her death. That's well, true. They, That's true. There was one thing I read that you know, when they were on the run, it was a, it, they called it a Bonnie and Clyde situation because yeah. they were, they packed up all their guns and their Mustang and took off. Mm-hmm. And the nine-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Yeah. That's, that's I guess true. if Bonnie Parker had had a nine-year-old, she'd have packed him up too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. it's just, just very strange to me how we, we went from, you know, mm-hmm. caring about the library and, and animals. stray animals to gunning down a man in cold blood at 2 p.m. at Walmart. And it's just, Without a second thought. With I mean, exactly. Yeah. No. Because at approximately midnight, She's placed in Big Yellow Mama. And at 12.01, they turn that current on. And at 12.10, she is pronounced dead. And it she took w- nine minutes? I think they maybe let it let her. I, they hit you for a certain amount of time. I don't know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then they turn it off. And then um, I guess I want to say they give it a minute to take effect. Maybe. And then a doctor comes It's gruesome, in. obviously. I mean... Well, I mean, we don't even do it anymore. No, we don't do anything. Currently. I don't know why anybody ever thought that that was 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 punishment that wasn't cruel and unusual. Well, I she was the last person to be electrocuted. So after I her, finally, we and did I mean, in, that out. in 2002, even you would yeah. think uh, to me that just seems like not that long ago that we put someone in the chair. Mm. You know, well, it just seems like a. She was the first woman to be electrocuted. Uh, to be executed since Rhonda Bell Martin was executed in 1957. So the amount of women executed in Alabama, we went from 57 all the way to 2002 before we executed another one. Well, and I'm not going to continue to beat the dead horse. We've been beaten since episode one, but you know, yeah, there was another one scheduled. Yeah. She has actually not scheduled, but she has skirted it that whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not Linda block. No. Put, Who was the governor then? That governor said in 2002. That was uh, Siegelman, wasn't it? So, I don't know. I think so. so. Siegelman but said, nah. If she would have just de- dealt with her, with anyone, she probably could have got lethal injection because mm-hmm. it was the time it was coming in. Mm-hmm. But she didn't even, I mean, she didn't argue And I think, I think then anything. we could actually do it. Probably. And I think she no. would have had an option if she would have yeah. spoken to anyone from what I read. And I don't, I don't know if anyone knows this, but we currently have an issue in the state of Alabama where we can't seem to execute anyone via lethal injection. The drugs get delivered incorrectly or they get used incorrectly or you can't find a vein. They're administered incorrectly. Yeah, administered incorrectly. Mm -hmm. They called a halt to executions here in the state for a while. They've since been reinstated, but I don't think any... No, there has been. There's at least one because we reported it in the paper about three or four weeks ago. Okay. So we finally figured out the combination or maybe got an actual nurse. I don't know what we did. Something. We don't know. There was recently an execution conducted. Okay. uh, But before that, there was a failed execution. Three. Yeah. Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. More in the state of Alabama than in the entire nation combined. Goodness me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I imagine if you take that on, you're taking on, I couldn't, if I, if I were a nurse or a doctor, 
I couldn't do that. It, it would go against everything in my Hippocratic oath mm-hmm. to then administer that. Yeah, because and take the, a lot. The very first thing you're doing is causing harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not uh, faulting anybody who can't do it, but if you if you decide that that's what you're going to do. I mean, you need to be effective and do it right if that's what's going on. And I have such mixed feelings, you know, at one time in my life and and depending on the crime and the person, which is terrible, that's a fault in me. I'm, you know, death penalty. I mean, someone yeah. like Dahmer, I was all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gacy, you couldn't do it quick enough, mm-hmm. you know. But sometimes it just leaves you feeling blood, especially... This is all so unnecessary. The way her life started was rocky. It is. But it seemed like she was doing well. And then yeah. it feels like, yeah. And of then Roger's the- family, this, this wonderful man and his family, then they have to live without him. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, how do we get here? It is, though, of all the people and all the crazy things people do, that this is the woman that they've executed. Yeah. You I know. know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems as as on as deserving as we know this woman is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Scott, some more certainly more deserving. Who, Scott, have you ever witnessed an execution? I have not. I know that sometimes the the mm. press gets to go. I haven't. Do you yeah. ever want to? I don't think so. Yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't think so. I don't think I, I could sit I through that. Think I, I'd rather just imagine how horrible it is oh, than to have gosh. that confirmed. Yeah. I just, I know that we do a true crime podcast yeah, here and you'd think we would be like the first ones to say we want to mm. be there. I don't. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was not a true crime podcast, but um, they were interviewing a coroner. <laughs> they were talking about how it's like some, they would like to just stumble upon a dead body. Who would? Like the people in the, in the conversation, they were just like, yeah, you know, that, that'd be, that'd be cool bucket list thing to stumble wonder, upon a dead body. I, I wonder I don't, if it was cool for the lady uh, that we talked to who had the dog and you know they came to the live the show piece, that yeah, found when, the piece when, of it. I bet it wasn't cool for when, her. Yeah, no. Terry McKinney was uh, mm-hmm. using his chainsaw to try a person to, into pieces and they said it was like a, a shared experience among people like yeah I'm like, I don't I don't mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a I think something that's I weird. would want to do. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm going to go out on a limb and I said I, I think that's weird. Because the coroner was like as many dead bodies as I've seen I've never accidentally found one. No. And every time you hear when people find or stumble upon a dead body, the first thing they say is, I thought it was a mannequin. Mm -hmm. Because you're 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 just not wired to think dead body. Yeah. Here in the park or on Mm -hmm. the edge of the swamp. You're thinking, who threw out their mannequin? Yeah. (laughs) Why are there so many mannequins? Yeah. (laughs) The heck. But I'm going to say that's weird. And that's that's somebody I think is wanting attention. Yeah. I think. Look at me. I found a dead body. Oh, woohoo. Good yeah. for you. That's who not, cares about you. That's not why I want my name in the paper. Exactly. Anyway, sorry. No. Um. So so Linda is gone now. And Scott, you asked me earlier what happened to George. Yeah. So after Linda is executed, he then filed a handwritten petition asking the Alabama Supreme Court to block his execution. Oh, he's scared now. Are you, George? Yeah. So Linda does. Linda's strong to the day she dies. Not George. He claims that Linda fired the shot that oh, killed Motley. Yeah. Now that Linda's dead, you got the right one. Yep. Hmm. 
I'm innocent. Yeah, leave- Blame it on the dead guy. Uh-huh. Or in this case, the dead woman. Mm-hmm. But the, it, does, it doesn't work out for him. The woman you brainwashed, yes. George. Yeah. And then he's like, he's going to use, he's, he's going to believe in the government now, you know. He's, oh, yeah. He's t- government. Yeah. <laughs> it's my best friend. <laughs> Appeals process. <laughs> but on August 4th, 2005, he is also executed. Mm. But he is executed by lethal injection. Okay. Oh, my God. August 4th, 2005. Mm-hmm. You're saying that like you know exactly that where you were that day. One day before my daughter was born. So you do in know where fact, you were that day. In fact, her birthday should have been that day. Uh-huh. But I was uh, the only woman in labor there mm-hmm. that evening, late in the evening. And they're rolling me in to do a C section, and a lady comes off the elevator who's like dilated to 10. <laughs> And that little boy, I just know he was a boy, got the August 4th birthday. And then I slept in the uh, operating room for about another hour. And then Katie got the, Katie Turner got the August 5th birthday. So the the clock struck midnight before Katie joined us. Yeah, she was, uh, yes, not even at one o'clock. It was like 1240 something. Yeah, so. But that, or that would have been her birthday. So you know exactly where you were on the day that this man was executed. Uh, yes. Huh. Interesting. I do. Uh, and I think all the executions happen at Holman Correctional Facility near Atmore. Because mm-hmm. even Linda, because they don't execute you at Tutwiler. No. Yeah, we just have the, had the one chair. That was mm-hmm. where Big Yellow Mama resided. Mm-hmm. And that is, I guess, where, the, that's also where death row is for the men, too, right? Is, mm-hmm. is that Atmore? Mm-hmm. I think so. So that's yeah. where George would have been. But that's it. Mm. That is George and Linda. Poor old George and Linda. Oh. Another one of Poor these. old Roger. Yeah, poor Roger. Roger. And yeah. Roger's wife, I don't know her name, and, mm-hmm. and his four children, and, and poor Gordon, and poor Carl. Yes. Man. We need a palate cleanser, and I don't have one. I don't have one. I, Damn it. But, um, so that is the final individual to be electrocuted in the state of Alabama. Yep, it was a woman, and we don't. I, I, I is the chair still there? What are, What have they done with I'm it? I'm sure it's probably in a museum. It's is there maybe in the archives in Montgomery? Maybe something? I don't know. I'll bet they kept it. I, it I'm sure they did. It's the the shaving the head's creepy to me. I don't know wheeling a woman in with a shaved head. I don't know. That's that's that puts a new yeah. another level on it it's to me. Got to be a better the, way to do that. The process is barbaric, but. How do you do it in a manner that's people want to say, oh, you need to do it in a humane way, but it's not a humane thing that you're doing. Right. So mm-hmm. I guess you're just trying to do it the easiest way. Yeah. The quickest way. The Fire. less torturous way. Firing squad. That's pretty quick. And that's the way the military. That's pretty quick. And they don't even know. Used to handle it. Which, I'm not sure if they still do. They don't even know. When you do firing squad, they don't even know who actually took the life. Yeah, like if, if, if there's five people in the firing squad, one guy gets a blank. Mm-hmm. Or one guy gets a real one. No, just one right? blank. There's only one blank? So you shoot. So four people shoot. So there's Better four shots hit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought there was one. Wow. What if he misses? That's true. Yeah. You gotta. Boy, that would suck. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One guy gets a blank. Okay. And so you just, I guess, hoping that you're the person that gets that the blank. That way you can, yeah. You can you always. Can, you can go to sleep at night and go, maybe it wasn't me. Plausible deniability, so, I guess. Is yeah. that what that is? Uh, 
uh, peace peace of mind. Yeah. Or at yeah. least some tiny semblance of peace of mind. Yeah, but there's just there's just no way. And I, I mean, I've heard about the process of lethal injection, and it's really not as humane as mm-hmm. people say. You just it is more for the audience. Um, there's still quite a bit of pain that is felt. Is it really? They're not a, a, able to respond to it. So the audience doesn't see it. They're immobilized. Yeah. But they're, they're paralyzed by the first uh, injection, yes, right? And yes. then the second injection. So it, it looks like, heart. yeah, it looks like they go to sleep and I'm guessing still at the end of the day, it's better than electrocution or the gas chamber. Not about the gas chamber. But it just seems like there's a way. I mean, we all. Mm-hmm. You would think, yeah. Knock them out. And then. And inject, maybe they do that now. some air into their bloodstream. And maybe Your they. Your heart stops. Maybe they do that now. I don't know. Yeah. But, and you know, when you said that, inject some air in your bloodstream, I, I, God, I, just, I am just determined to beat this dead horse. Think about what Judith Ann Neely did. Mm-hmm. Injecting Drano. Yeah, into Lisa Ann Milliken's body. How many times? Four times. How painful was that? Yeah. Oh. Like having acid under your skin. I'm just going to get pissed off about it all over again. Well, don't. I don't need to. Yeah. I'm going to stop eventually, but... That's all right. Uh, Judith Ann Neely's still alive. I not, know. Not Linda yeah, Line Block. Is. And yeah. not Lisa Ann Millicent. No. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'll stop. We do need a palate cleanser, don't we? Yeah, now. Anyways, mm-hmm. Katie, this this was a very interesting story. I'm glad yeah. I said interesting but at first. Mm-hmm. Scott didn't agree, but... I didn't, it I didn't disagree. But it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, nice And we've job. learned something new, and we've had two local cases in a row. So that's... Uh, that's the first, possibly. For this for season, I think. Yeah, for this season, anyway. We've really jumped around. Yeah, so... All right, guys. So don't forget to visit us at truecrimeoneasystreet.com yes you can find a link to our Spotify podcast archive you can read a short bio about each of the three of us if you give a crap sure uh, you can order some merch if we know where the t-shirts are since Katie oh, has yeah. rearranged her office we do. I didn't touch the t-shirts okay oh yeah they're still in the corner over there mm-hmm. uh, say something nice about us on your podcast platform of choice make sure and leave your name along with your five star review and you might find yourself shout it out or shout it at <laughs> or shout it out at whatever on a future episode of this show. Uh, do we have anything else? Nope. Is that it? Good night, everybody. <laughs>